0: You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty?
1: The
2: sex education you
1: wish you had in high school.
3: Maybe a diagram will help.
1: Hello. Hello. It's so good just to be back in rhythm. and And, you know, taking a bit of a break was really nice, but I'm so happy to be back weekly. Me too.
2: And to have guests again. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so introducing our guest right from the get-go, we have Usha Rose with us calling in from California. Hi,
2: hi
3: Mariah, hi Pamela, hi, thank Usha. you for having
1: me.
2: Thank you for coming on our show today.
3: Yeah, pleasure to be here.
2: So um, Usha, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about your background?
3: Sure, yeah, I'd be happy to. So, I am a sexual empowerment coach and an erotic embodiment guide. I specifically love working with women, but I also work with men and non binary folks. Um, Specifically, what I love supporting my clients with is to become more connected to their pleasure and their desires, to lovingly embrace their sensuality and to cultivate a really healthy, intimate relationship with their own sexuality so that we feel uh, more empowered to create a satisfying life of love, joy, and freedom. And my uh, background, I'm a graduate of the Tantric Institute of Integrated Sexuality and the Somatica Method of Sex and Relationship Coaching. And I'm also an organizer and graduate of the International School of Temple Art.
2: Which I want to um, find out more about what that it means. But we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: I'm happy to share more about any of those uh, trainings that I've done um, They're all pretty amazing trainings in sex, love, relationships, Tantra, all the things that I am
2: passionate about. Cool. I think your mission is really beautiful. I love what you do. Thank you. Thank you. So we brought you on today to talk specifically about being single. Like how to be single, like how because you can to just piss a bunch of people off and be single <laughs> real fucking quick. <laughs> but but more specifically, how to be happy while being single? How to find contentment within yourself?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, because I think there's so many single folks out there, and you know, when you hear someone single, it's like, oh, so your primary mission is to find a partner? When that is can be really right. inaccurate. Some people are very happy single or they're continually choosing to be single to first build themselves and work on mm-hmm. their re- personal relationship within themselves. That was something I never got. I really, truly have always had to build myself within a relationship. So I'm
2: quite interested in this topic. Right? I, I've had a similar experience. I have never not been in a relationship in my adult life. And now I'm in three Relationships or four, if you yeah. count my thruple as another relationship, which I do. Yeah. Cause, cause it, it takes that much work. So, um, you know, yeah. the, the parallel for this, though, would be like re- you talked about relationship anarchy, and um, that would be like the, the polyamorous kind of parallel, I think, of being single. Um, which I've never experienced, right. but I totally respect. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is?
3: Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't dive into this too much yet, but in terms of being a relationship coach, I really love working with people in non-traditional relationships. So polyamorous relationships, open relationships, and relationship anarchy. Um, and what I practice actually is what I call solo polyamory and relationship anarchy. Mm -hmm. Um, and how, yeah, like you said, it's, it's kind of like being single, but not being single. Um, (laughs) so there is definitely a difference between really being single and not having any romantic relationships. Um, and then there's being like solo polyamorous, which is kind of, the way I describe it is like moving through the world kind of like a single person, but having multiple relationships. Yeah. Some that, that may be romantic, some that may be sexually intimate, um, some that are affectionate, some are that are just platonic and or friendly. And the way that I think of relationship anarchy is just that it's having multiple relationships um, that are important to me and not prioritizing by default um, relationships with somebody that I'm having sex with, for example, over versus one of my best friends. Mm. So it's recognizing that every single relationship I am in is unique and I get to create my own agreements within that individual relationship. Um, there's a very much, uh, you know, in our culture, there's so much Emphasis placed on being in partnership and um, there's a lot of organization around the couple and being in a couple and we default a lot when we're in partnership to um, like our primary main partner, romantic partner being the person that we go to for all of the things. And Mm -hmm. when we kind of dissect that or, or shift away from that model and start having multiple relationships that have different um, roles and agreements and responsibilities becomes more like a network of support as opposed to just having like this one person who's our main support system. So it's saying like, Oh, I've got like a couple of friends and maybe a, a cuddle buddy, and maybe one or two people that I'm sexual with, or any, you know, there's any kinds of varieties that may just be one or two or three people, but it's not automatically assuming that the person I'm having sex with is the person that I am prioritizing in my life as being more important than, you know, this friend I've had for five years who always shows up for me through all the breakups I've had, you know. Right.
2: So it
1: looks like relationship, well, I shouldn't say relationship, human connection a la carte.
2: Just take a Yeah, and Ooh, I, wow, like that. I like that too. Oh, this is our new vocabulary word, uh-huh. Brady. Got write it, it down, at it, Brady. So it's going in the glossary. <laughs> so should, I you- should- Oh, sorry. I-, I should also say, in talking
3: about relationship anarchy, there is something called the Relationship Anarchy Manifesto that was written um, by someone named Andy Nordgren. Um, so if people want to learn more about it, that's sort of like the go-to resource, and it's. It's um, a list of different sort of uh, beliefs about what relationship anarchy is and um, how to create these unique designer relationships. The first one is love is abundant and every relationship is unique. So kind of gives you an idea of the foundational beliefs of Um, relationship anarchy.
2: Hmm. So Usha would you say that you prioritize your relationship with yourself over your relationship with others as a relationship (laughs) anarchist? Right yeah. So this is the Um, foundation of the pyramid. Yeah so what does that look like?
1: Well and also
3: it's also a non-hierarchical way of relating and I think that's an Mm -hmm. important word to include Mm -hmm. because in polyamory sometimes, um, I mean, I feel like this has been shifting a lot in recent years, but, you know, for a while it was this hierarchical structure where, you know, there's like the couple and their primary partners and then there's like secondary and even using that terminology creates this hierarchy. Whereas in relationship anarchy, it's, it's saying, no, like every relationship has its own specific agreements and, Um, it's, it is not hierarchical. Right. And in terms of like prioritizing myself first, it's like, yes, I'm a sovereign being. And that doesn't mean I do whatever the fuck I want and don't care about other people. You know, (laughs) it's like, um, how do I live in synergy and be sovereign and respect other people's sovereignty and, you know, really respect that, you know, like I get to make choices for me taking into consideration the whole and how my actions affect the other people in my life and, you know, choose from that place Mm -hmm. and, and take into other people's considerations and have space for other people's needs and feelings and desires. But ultimately if everyone I'm relating with is um, in sovereignty and synergy, we're doing our best to, you know, really be in harmony
2: I, I like that you feel like there's a shift happening in the polyamorous community, but I haven't really seen a lot of that here in Utah.
1: <laughs> in we our like community. to hold on our, to our traditional values here in Utah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're just a little late to the game sometimes. So I, this is why these types of conversations are vital yeah. for that
2: growth. Absolutely. But I do want to know, so what what does that look like for you to prioritize yourself?
3: Yeah, so uh, let's see. There's a lot of ways of answering that. Um, I would say from the perspective of wholeness, it's making sure that I am a resource. And having structures in place that uh, keep me balanced in my like mental, physical, emotional well-being, um, which includes like spending quality time with people that nourish me. Yeah. Um, spending quality time with myself, spending quality time in nature, um, and doing things that make me, feel good so that I am resourced. So the more resourced I am, the more I'm able to really show up in positive ways with the people that I'm relating with.
2: And So like putting in boundaries. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's okay. So, so like putting in boundaries, doing self-care, that sort of thing.
3: Yeah. Self-care. And also, you know, taking responsibility for my own, emotion and Mm -hmm. personal growth Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Um, you know and that comes in really important in relationship in terms of how we communicate um, like knowing what is my own stuff versus um, what I'm like projecting onto somebody and so like resourcing in my own source of of love like I am knowing that I am lovable having a loving relationship with myself So that I'm not quite as um, needy or projecting on other people I'm in relationship with and having a more clear lens of like, what are the needs I I have in this relationship and how do I get them or request them? And what are the things I can um, be responsible for in myself?
2: I think we could do an entire episode sometime just on that. It's it's so important. Yeah, it's so important, especially in, in poly relationships.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it kind of goes into like you know understanding all of all of the ways that we show up in relationships. Like, like knowing a bit about attachment theory can be helpful, and mm-hmm. um, learning different communication styles can be helpful. Uh, and then also, you know, one of the things I really work with people a lot around is sexuality. So. That's, that's a whole other big subject. It's like, how am I having a healthy relationship with my own sexuality, which is a really important piece to all of this as well, especially as a single person or a dating person or someone in partner. It's like, what is my relationship to my own sexuality as my primary relationship?
1: Mm, yeah. As far as like fueling yourself and, and, you know, really focusing on your primary relationship with yourself. What are some, you know, starting points? I mean, I'm just thinking you even just said quality time with yourself. And I was like, oh, fuck. I don't think I've ever had that. (laughs) Um, You know, so I'm like, what? I I know what self-care looks like. And that's so personalized. So it really just depends on what you're needing for that self-care part. But what is quality self quality time with yourself yeah yeah what is quality self-time is that what I said (laughs) okay well yeah you know like what does that look like I don't even know what that can look like for myself
0: did I ever tell you guys that uh I was celibate intentionally for two years before I met Jamie I
2: think you might have mentioned it
1: no yeah maybe I was always drunk when you tell me these things (laughs) 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 yeah
0: after my divorce I made a lot of bad choices mm. like dictated by my dick and
1: <laughs> dictator <God>, dictator man <laughs> yeah
0: so I, I just sort of followed it into trouble and yeah. uh, i like i made a choice at some point i was like i'm gonna seriously fuck up if i don't pay attention to what i'm doing and so i de- i decided to take a path of celibacy and then i met like a friend who helped me set up a dating profile
1: so so a good first step for you to turn into yourself Was to stop that sexual component with other people. Because that was kind of what was the big...
0: Yeah, my dick was just getting me into trouble.
1: Yeah, you were following your dick compass. Yeah. Not your heart, (laughs) not your brain, not your emotion. Well, then I would
0: feel bad because my dick compass would lead me to somebody who... And, like, would become emotionally attached. And I did not have any of that at the time. Because I was, like, scarred and Mm -hmm. angry from my previous relationship. And so I would, like let my dick make decisions for me and then afterwards be like oh my god like i feel like a terrible human being for making this person like fall in love with me
1: (laughs) just so your dick had a. never mind basically (laughs) so your dick wasn't lonely oh yeah it it, yeah so i'm just curious you know what does that quality self-time look like am i throwing words out there quality (laughs) self-time
2: Right, let's just <laughs> add it to the yeah. glossary for yeah. the dictionary.
3: <laughs> I like it. Yeah, there's a lot of ways we could say it. Quality self-care, quality time with yourself, I think is what I might have said.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so,
3: I mean, it can look like a lot of things, and I think self-care is one of those things, but it's literally carving out time to intentionally spend with yourself, be with yourself and take care of yourself. So, um, like taking a walk, meditation, um, bath, self-pleasuring. Um, one of the things I do sometimes, like if I, you know, if I've been out and I come home by myself, like, what would I do with, if I come home with a lover? you know, like, Mm -hmm. I would be hanging out with them, we would be like, talking and dancing and making love. I'm like, I can do that with myself. And so I'll put on music, and I'll dress up, Mm -hmm. I'll dance around, I'll self pleasure, you know, I'll like really have that same energy with myself that I would have if I were with a lover. And that's some of my like, favorite self quality self time. It's like, I'm on a date with myself. It's like, so it's like really fun for me, you know, to have, have oh. that intentional time and think of it in that way. Like really like dressing up, I'll like dance in the mirror, you know, just playful, fun, erotic, sweet solo time.
1: And it's not, yeah, like specifically for anyone else but yourself. Um, I really love that because how many times are people are alone and they're just like, Oh, what's going to distract me? I'm bored uh, and yeah. I need to be distracted yeah. by social media, my phone, you know, TV, mm-hmm. taking a nap. I mean, maybe reading could be in there, but like, really, it's like all of a sudden that fear of I'm bored. No one else is here to entertain me. Nothing else, you know, like instead of yeah. I want to give myself some time to I, take yourself out on a date. <laughs> what would your what date be with yourself?
2: So, Usha, if let's say we have a fear of being alone because we've mm-hmm. never really Some experienced in it this before, room have it.
1: <laughs> I I know I'm one just right? because it I, has been so long.
2: Yeah, I just have no experience with it. So, mm-hmm. where do I start? How do I overcome that fear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, the the
3: first thing that came to mind was to. Um, you know, work with a coach or a therapist um, because that can be really, really helpful to understanding some deeper things going on of like, where is that fear coming from and and what is that about? Um, But of course there are a lot of other things you can do besides that just for yourself. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, I think I know exactly where it comes from. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily help me get over it.
3: Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: it's really a, for me, what I think it is, is really learning to fall in love with yourself. Um, so I would say there's a few things, but one would be like every day, getting into a, um, making it a practice of acknowledging things about yourself that you really like things about your personality, um, things about your body, um, things that you like about who you are and really getting, becoming more intimate with the self and getting to know yourself as if you were your own best friend. And I think this is, you know, unless you've spent a bit of time alone, then it may not be something that you've done before, but it's like when you spend a lot of time with yourself, I've heard other people say this and it's been my experience. In my twenties, I used to travel a lot by myself and it was like, wow, I feel like I really became my own best friend in that time. Mm. So it's really developing this intimate connection with yourself and learning how to enjoy your own company. So yeah, starting with, you know, and if that, that feels like a stretch, it's like, oh, maybe journaling every day and acknowledging yourself for things that you like about yourself and, things you think are cool about yourself and really starting to get to know yourself as if, you know, you were your own best friend and like complimenting yourself and um, appreciating yourself, acknowledging yourself in the way you would for a friend or a
1: lover. Mm. So almost kind of, you know, like you're looking in the mirror. Like, I mean, yeah. right. too many, I think our society has gotten so far away from like introspection and really taking a chance to like look at ourselves, but Not even, like, we're trying to look at ourselves now. We're trying to ask ourselves deeper questions. But have we ever,
2: like, hung out with ourselves?
1: (laughs) Been okay with that?
2: Like, I feel like I really like and appreciate myself. And it's been a hard road to get here. mm -hmm. Um, I, I just have no experience just hanging out with myself. Yeah. It just feels very lonely to me. It's, it's, it's quiet. <laughs> so it's I quiet. I had to be like,
1: okay, you know, um, m- m- like that whole dance party, I was like, fuck yeah. I could totally do that. Yeah. As long mm-hmm. as I knew like all the windows were closed, like the blinds <laughs> were shut. <laughs> like, making sure I'm not like, look like a crazy person. <laughs> but um, like that, that connected well with me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, what are, you know, maybe we could throw out a couple more ideas just to like... Where can you mm-hmm. start? What's a safe thing, especially if being alone is maybe a fear or even a, a just a discomfort? Because um, mm-hmm. it's, it's uncomfortable to be alone when you haven't been. But then I would like to shift it to when you have been alone, how do you come back to yourself? So first start with maybe that fear, or that discomfort of being alone. What can we do? Dance party. It's on my list. Doing it. <laughs> like I'm going to dress up, give myself a little fashion show. That'll be fun. <laughs> that makes me feel good. Um, something I
3: feel like is also important to say here is, like, there's no right or wrong. You know, it's not like you have to get comfortable being alone, you know, unless it's causing a problem in your life or you're having a sense of dissatisfaction or unhappiness. You know, I also feel like we're all really different. People And some people are more naturally kind of loner type of people and really love their own company more than others. And some people are more, you know, social and constantly in partnership. And I just want to make sure that, you know, there's clarity here that it's not like one is better than the other. There's anything right or wrong about any of them before (laughs) before like diving in deeper.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because that is not the message that I get from anyone you know like I even from some of my partners um you know I've gotten this message like you need to work on you oh being by yourself <laughs> you, and yeah not you need others. to be comfortable with just yeah. being alone and you're like I didn't pick three partners to be alone <laughs> you assholes <laughs> and I just really like I so enjoy sharing experiences with other mm. people I will say this occasionally and it's rare because I do have so many partners, but when I'm home by myself, I, I do have fun. Like I, mm-hmm. but it's, it's rare, you know, like I don't want to, I don't want that very often. And so I, I guess I feel like that's where I'm lacking or broken or something mm. because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't yearn for that. It makes me uncomfortable, you know? Um, but when it does happen, I'm like, oh, this is great! I can do whatever I want, and no one can mm-hmm. say anything yeah. about it. I yeah, see, I think that's why maybe
1: I, I crave a relationship with myself because I have for so long have felt like um, all my time spent is for a relationship for you know uh, with someone else to build that relationship, whether mm-hmm. it was like parent child relationship or an intimate partner, you know, a spouse. Um, I have never mm-hmm. intentionally put energy out there to create a stronger relationship between me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, you know, self-care has been one. But as far as, like, what's that relationship? What's that need? And then I, I know I need it. This is my year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my 2020, you know, one as my, you know, to, to be back for me. So, mm-hmm.
3: yeah yeah so yeah
2: oh go ahead some
1: ideas around
2: that that would be
3: fantastic
2: Yeah. yeah yeah so
3: one of the things that's coming to me which is a lot about who i am and how i view the world is i'm a very embodied somatic person so doing things like that put me in my body has always been a really solid place of like feeling at home in myself and feeling like, oh, I have this relationship with my body that's that's been sort of like an anchor. Um, so, you know, having some sort of uh, physical practice can be really supportive in terms of cultivating that solo self relationship, whether it's, you know, yoga or dance or even just walking being out in being out in nature and spending time in nature alone, I think is a really um, big one, which maybe I'll come back to that one. But um, like martial arts or some kind of solo type of movement practice, um, even meditation, which isn't necessarily movement, but it is that like, turning your attention inwards and being present in your body In the sensations of your body and the working of the mind, I think would be a really foundational place to start in terms of cultivating that relationship with yourself. It's like, what is this body? How does it work? What is my brain doing? How are they connected? And just kind of getting to know yourself on that very like physical growth level level. Um, and, and like embodied place, and and also that also ties back into sexuality, like exploring your sexuality mm-hmm. for
1: yourself as well.
0: It might sound kind of crazy, but um, that's what I do when I I uh, practice competitive shooting
2: with yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a great example it doesn't sound crazy it's like
0: a whole thing where you have to breathe properly and then you have to work your finger correctly and like that all sounds perfect for this podcast but <laughs> the, end, the end result is a tiny little piece of <laughs> copper jacketed lead hitting a, a spot that you want it to at a distance away from you so yeah yeah
3: yeah it's a perfect example because it's like a focused activity where you're like really present
0: Well, like I can tell I'm having a good day taking care of myself when I'm on the range and I forget there's other people on the range. Mm. Like that's when I know I'm in that like flow state. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Flow state. Mm -hmm. So shifting to um, someone who's not in a partnership or a relationship, um, you know, how do you build that for yourself? Or, or I mean I mean I I know it's the same way.
2: Before we get to yeah, that, yeah okay yeah, um, let's yeah I shift. have I have one question. Um, so Usha, can can you talk about the benefits of being single and of being solo poly? Like, why why do we want to possibly work on this? Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, being single without having
3: romantic relationships provides you quite a bit more sovereignty um, because you're not having to take other people's needs or requests like time, time desires um, or like any other kinds of things like that into consideration. So you have a lot more freedom, I mean, depending on the kind of relationship that you're in, but when you're, Single, you can really just focus on yourself and turn your attention to yourself without being um, distracted or having to take too many other people's time needs into consideration. Mm. So when you have that, you can be more like, well, how do I want to be with myself? What do I want to focus on? What do I want to learn? How do I want to use my time? What types of relationships do I want to be cultivating? It's a really great time to strengthen friendship. I personally believe friendship is a really solid foundation for all people to have, um, to have a few really good friends and friends that can last a a lifetime. Whereas romantic partners, you know, tend to come and go for many of us where, um, you know, some people have friends for for many many years or lifetimes, um, and really leaning more into friendship and community, and p- cultivating more hobbies, um, more passion. Like learning about what what is fun for me. Do I want to learn about cooking or gardening or bird watching or study dance or you know like what are the things that I'm interested in that I have time for because I'm not dating or I'm not in a relationship. Um, also, if you have other relationships, like say you have children or family or other friends or community engagements, you have more time for those things. And, and also really cultivating a sexual relationship with yourself as a source of energy and creativity and power and really getting to know who you are, like who am I as, a, as an individual being without being influenced or persuaded or um, kind of attached to another in a romantic way. And the more that we really kind of have that solid foundation of like, who who am I? What do I like? What do I like to do? What am I interested in? Then we have so much more even to bring into relationships.
1: Oh, so true. Yeah, you'd think that the healthier relationships you're
2: going to have when you know what you're bringing, what you want, what you're looking for, absolutely, what you stand for. You know, my my solo poly and single friends are honestly some of uh, single friends who are single by choice um, are honestly like the happiest, most well-rounded people that I know. <laughs> they, they are always up to some pro like they're so productive. They're always into some project, creating art. Um, you know, getting out there, having fun adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's awesome. they're doing yeah. it right. <laughs> yeah, I kind
3: of feel like I kind of get the best of both worlds because it's like, I'm kind of single, you know, I get, I'm like very sovereign. I get to do whatever I want, but I also have multiple relationships that satisfy a lot of my needs for connection and intimacy and friendship and um, affection and, you know, intellect and spirituality and all these different things from multiple people.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Uh-huh. That's what I was saying, you know, uh, human connection a la carte. <laughs> like, I think it's so fantastic. Um, being able to kind of choose, you know, what specifically you need fueled. It's like, oh, I need right. sexual something or other. And, you know, I can get that here and I need spiritual something or other and I can get that there. And, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that's so cool. Instead yeah. of just relying on yourself and a committed partner because you're in the traditional right. couple relationship. You
2: have that attachment, but not necessarily the obligation to go with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: that's something else that good about understanding your attachment style um, it, it can be really helpful to know like what what am I coming with in terms of my, um, my history the way I grew up that led me to be the way that I am and to know that you know actually really need like one secure primary partner and that's really going to serve me best and I'm actually going to thrive better if I have that um, versus somebody who might know like actually I'm like really good and independent and that actually like I don't feel like I need that and I want this other thing so in terms of being single or, or even not being single but like really understanding how you are in relationship and, and what's going to make you Feel the most safe and secure so that you can have intimate relationships and um, feel really secure in those relationships. Um, Because, again, just going back to like polyamory is definitely not for everybody. Um, And the more that we really understand ourselves, we can have that certainty of saying like this is what I know works for me and, and you know of course that comes through trial and error and we kind of are all figuring it out as we go yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not like one is again it's not like one is better than the other it's like some people really really do function and thrive better in a more like secure primary style monogamous relationship and some people really thrive more if they have more spaciousness and can be solo poly and um, have multiple partners so yeah again it's yeah, definitely. just knowing yourself is the key to getting the things you
1: want and
3: creating the life that you can best thrive in
1: yeah and- I, oh I was gonna my, I asked my husband the other day I was like what's you know something that your mother has said to you that stuck with you you know just just we're in the car we're just bantering back and forth and he was just like after my, my first marriage, um, she said, you know, you're not going to find a relationship until you find a relationship with yourself or you're not going to mm. find a healthy relationship, something like that. And she's coming from an LDS, you know, monogamy is, is <laughs> king kind of thing, relationship um, or background, sorry, background. And so I just thought that was cool that she had said that to him. But then I, I wanted to probe a little more and be like, how did you find that? You know, and I never did and I really want to, but like, yeah, when you have people like all of a sudden outside of a relationship or a relationship just ended, how do you find that relationship with yourself? How Mm -hmm. are you happy with yourself? You know, it's like, I mean, very personalized, I know.
2: Yeah, I I have friends who, um, whenever they get into a relationship, I don't see them again (laughs) for quite Mm -hmm. some time. They
0: disappear into the relationship. Because they get lost
2: into it. Yeah, and it's and they're so unhappy with themselves and always so desperate to be in a relationship um, because they don't have that that security, yeah. I guess.
3: Yeah, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine who broke up from her partner four years a couple of months ago, and you know she confessed with me that her like she had this belief that something's wrong with her if she's not in partnership.
2: Mm-hmm. And I,
3: I realize it's like we put, it's you know understanding our value and our worthiness, and you know really n- like feeling that you have value and worth as an individual being that you don't Absolutely. need to be in partnership to prove to yourself or anybody else that you are a valuable, amazing,
2: significant human in the world. Right. You know, like you are an individual being. Mm. Well, that's why um, I asked you about the, yeah. the benefits of being single, because I really want to challenge that idea that society is constantly pounding us yeah. with, that, that you are not a complete person unless you're coupled. You Look, it's yeah. so many things out there
1: that say, you know, like, a, is it Greek mythology? And oh, I'm going to fuck this up anyway. We're like <laughs> Zeus thought that like you know like we first were a being with four arms and four legs and zeus was jealous or whatever i don't know if it was zeus or somebody so then they split us apart so you're supposed to be wandering the world looking, looking for your right. other soulmate yeah, yeah your the other whole half. idea of soulmate just that all those kind of stories mm-hmm. and things just kind of reiterate the whole. It doesn't and, sound like Zeus d- drawing of a heart. No, not <laughs> Zeus. I, I'm sure that's why. Because he thought. flew I'm down sure. as
0: a swan to fuck somebody. Oh, I yeah, think. Yeah, so, I'm sure He was I'm all about relationships up. and staying together. I think <laughs> <laughs> a lot of relationships.
1: Um, but where you know, like the heart that we draw. Today is like the two, like an anatomical heart, like two of them put together, and that's why it comes with like the two humps and the tip at the.
2: I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: so like just just things like that come around, and it's just like, oh, I'm not whole until I find that other person, and we're yeah. really trying to push that.
2: Yeah, let's push against that. What uh, Jerry Maguire? Remember that famous line: "You complete me." Right. It's like this mm-hmm. whole idea that we mm-hmm. need someone else to complete us. Yeah yeah
3: yeah um it it was Zeus that that myth comes from the Greek mythology
2: okay I feel better about myself (laughs) I'm
3: like I'm pulling shit out of nowhere but you know (laughs) yeah you know that's that's a really it's a really big theme that is important to me to dispel that myth that we are half of a being and we need another person to complete us or that we have a perfect soulmate. Like, I mean, I definitely don't believe that and I feel like we are whole and complete into ourselves. And I think being single gives us the opportunity to cultivate that experience for yourself. And I I have to say that for me, it's also a very spiritual perspective and the way that I experience it is that we are all divine beings. And as human beings, there is this like eternal longing that it comes from feeling separated from the divine or from source energy. And so we always have this, this grief feeling of separation. And some of the most profound spiritual experience of my life, is feeling that sense of oneness and that sense of peace and that sense of like, I am a part of the whole. I am, I am love, divine love. I am an abundant source of divine love. I am connected to the source of all things and really feeling that oneness and that connection. That's why I mentioned before, like spending time in nature is is Mm -hmm. really important to me because it kind of taps us into that, divine spirituality. Um, And I, and, you know, I mean, maybe this is a little out there for some people, but it is very much true for me in terms of what my spirituality is. And it is a sense of, of like me as the divine, I'm whole and complete. And when I, I meet another person, seeing them as divine and whole and complete And we're also human, which means we have all of these like imperfections and these wounds and which is what makes relating so complicated and triggering and, you know, makes us all unique as individual persons, people with personalities. But it's like when we really surrender into that sense of oneness is where we find our wholeness and, you know, Perhaps that's part of the secret to, you know, having a healthy relationship with yourself is kind of connecting to that essence of, of who we are. You know, I think that's kind of also, you know, I, I have a really rich background in yoga, which is a pretty solitary practice and meditation. So perhaps that's part of what, you know, has really supported me in having this relationship with myself as Primary and, you know, feel pretty natural and important. So, yeah, going back to the like meditation, embodiment practices, um, connecting to nature in terms of like how to spend time alone to cultivate that relationship with the self. And honestly, I, I do want to plug again into like working with a therapist or a coach because it's like they kind of really support you to dig in deeper to understand mm-hmm. yourself and access. Those, those deep places to get you more comfortable with who you are and to feel more in love with yourself and to know your worthiness and to uncover some unconscious things that are creating a block there.
1: Oh, yeah. I love all the, all the things that you've talked about to cultivate that relationship with yourself is not, they don't look like turning in and shutting off. All, I'm, I mean, all of them were either connecting to, you know, higher self or energy or anything that's, you know, outside of you. It's, you know, when you, win. some people probably think of, do you have a good, a en- uh, good energy? What's the word? Relationship with yourself. You think, oh, closed off. I don't need anyone. I can fulfill all my needs. It's just me, myself, and I, I'm not connected with anyone. I, you know, I mm. put up those walls, but really it's. Being open to a lot more, um, but I don't know. Maybe not expecting more. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just putting shit out there yeah, at this no, point.
2: <laughs> no, I think that's brilliant, and it's not like um, Usha mentioned earlier. Like it's not about expecting one other person in your life to fulfill all of your needs. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. to know that you and have all of yourself. That yeah, within yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just kind of interesting. Thinking of, you know, you're not like this, this silo, this, you know, thing that you get to cut off from everything else and expect to be happy, healthy person kind of Mm -hmm. thing. You know, still having to find your place. And um, so that's why I was just kind of noticing that theme there, you know, because it's easy, Mm -hmm. especially if we're looking at personalities and, you know, those extroverts who like I want to be with all the people And then you have an introvert who, you know, is happy with themselves, but doesn't mean that they cut themselves off from everyone to be happy. Right. Everyone and everything kind of thing. They're just finding that happiness there, you know, a little
2: bit. We all have a need for significance and belonging in the world. Whether Mm -hmm. we really enjoy being around large groups of people or not, we need to feel that belonging somewhere. Mm -hmm. When I went through that
0: period of time where I was... Celibate for two years. I didn't I still dated. I still hung out with friends. I didn't like hide the whole time.
1: Yeah. I just took my dick out of the decision making. I (laughs) I put on my steel panties and walked around. It was fantastic.
0: It was difficult to like make that decision for myself. but I like I knew I had to because I kept breaking hearts and I shouldn't Mm. have. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I can see that. And and being able to just recognize that for yourself and know what the action that needed to be you know, and that was that was sex for you. That was the action mm-hmm. that you needed to step away from and cultivate other types of relationships. Yeah, because like you it still just, could date. You can still be intimate. You can still be romantic without your dick.
0: Yeah, just it landed me in toxic relationships where I mm-hmm. then felt like I had to stick around because we did the thing.
1: Mm. So
0: yeah. <sighs>
2: um. So Usha, I would like to know more about the. Temple of blah, 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 blah. what was that's, that? I S T A, oh. is that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the International School of Temple Art. Yes, yes.
1: That. I wrote it down. I was like, I want to know more. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh it's a organization that's been around for I wanna say seven years. It started um in Arizona but is now worldwide and there are trainings that happen all over the world, although, of course, you know, the in-person trainings have been um, much fewer um, this year with sure. Um, But they do seven and eight day long retreats, uh, spiritual, sh- shamanic, sexual initiation. Um, I think is what the first one is called, yeah. And, um, what, hap- yeah, it's really, what happens on
2: those retreats?
3: <laughs> they are very deep dives into understanding um, the self, a lot of personal growth, uh, addressing core wound, mother-father wound, understanding our sexuality. There's a lot to say about it. I would say a big thing for me is normalizing our sexuality and really empowering us to know who we are and understand our sovereignty, um, understand our power as creative beings in the world and how to live in synergy in community and really cultivate trust um, through witnessing others and recognizing that we all have similarities and differences and how do we come together and, Support to heal and empower each other. Mm. So it
2: sounds like a course on how to just live really intentionally. Yeah,
3: yeah. and there's a lot of embodiment practices. Um, it's, it it has spiritual and shamanic in the title to give you kind of a sense of, um, you know, it comes from tantra, but also shamanism and. Mm yeah uh it's really powerful work for people that are ready
1: for that kind of a deep dive um gotcha. it is but can you look know, really scary for other people <laughs> who are like what the fuck <laughs> you know so it, i i do know a little bit that you guys protect quite a bit of information um because of that because it can be i mean it's not secretive or anything right but I've right, heard, no. heard there's some, you know, you don't just like blurt out like, hey, we go do this on this weekend for this retreat. It's, you know, right. you have to pick and choose who you tell what, because mm-hmm. it can be blown out of oh, gotcha. perspective right. and, and judged harshly when
3: yeah. you're not
1: opened an understanding of that type of world and need. And
3: Yeah, exactly. Well said. Yeah, because it is meant to be experiential and there is a lot of um, kind of ceremonial type of work so you're really kind of creating a sacred space and container to open up and explore in that can be misunderstood out of context mm-hmm.
1: yeah um i think it's fantastic i i mean definitely you know one that you have to pick and choose again what you say to people because if they're not prepared for that information it can freak them out a little bit but um I am there's that
2: that's out there yeah Uh, I am um curious because we we haven't talked a whole lot about self-pleasure and um desire and and all of that um Mm -hmm. you tell us just something. We don't have a whole lot of time left, um, <laughs> but this is the salty sex cast. Um, tell us, yeah. <laughs> give us I mean, some self-sex. information. Yeah, give us some information <laughs> on how to cultivate a better sexual relationship with yourself.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did touch on it here and there throughout this this Definitely. conversation, um, and I and part of it is. me i think it is really important part of having a healthy relationship with yourself very much includes understanding your own sexuality and having your own sexual relationship with yourself just as much for somebody who's single as somebody who's in a partnership and um you know it's really interesting i come across you know a lot of the women that i work with are in partnership and oftentimes they come to me because they're like i've been in i'm in this partnership and you know i I'm not that interested in sex anymore. And what do I do about that? Or I want to have better sex or more pleasure or more turn on. Um, And then people that are single that are like, I'm just not sexually active. So that part of me just isn't happening. Um, So really when we are cultivating that relationship with ourselves, it's learning about what, what does turn you on and what is exciting to you and how can you cultivate your own arousal and your own desire? You know, we think a lot of um, arousal and desire being relational. Like I see someone I'm attracted to and then I feel horny or something like this, but our erotic energy is uh, like it exists in everything. It's creative life force energy. So you can cultivate your own erotic energy and learning how to, to do that can really do wonders for having a sexual healthy relationship with yourself if you're single, but also having more arousal and desire if you're in partnership, especially like a long-term partnership. Um, So education, like understanding your erotic nature, you know, we're all turned on by different things. So really getting a sense of like, what, what are the things that turn me on? Um, I'm thinking of the book, Come As You Are, which is a great book for understanding what hits your brakes or or your accelerators, you know, because we all have different things that turn us on that come a lot from how we were conditioned and and what our sexuality, um, sexualization was growing up. So understanding your erotic nature, your arousal and your your desire, but also knowing how your body works, understanding your anatomy, understanding how much Mm -hmm. the brain has to do with all of it, and the more you understand that, the and then really embody it and embrace it and, and cultivate that for yourself, the healthier your sex life is going to be, whether you're single or in partnership. And I strongly encourage everyone to have a self-pleasuring practice or, or to self-pleasure occasionally, intentionally, even if you're in partnership or even especially if you're in partnership cuz you know yes. a, a lot of times people are like well I'd rather if I'm going to be sexual I'm going to do it with the person I'm with and it's like mm. yeah that's great and like what about your relationship with yourself like again like that so quality solo time is like I'm going to do this just for me and really cultivate self-love and self-appreciation and nourish myself in my own pleasure for me that's independent from anybody else and that itself is just so empowering and and you know imagine like filling yourself up with self-love and just like doing something for yourself and then coming to your partner from a place of
1: like fullness and yeah yeah Yeah, you're already full I'm only I'm spilling over now come come (laughs) get some of this extra well that's really you know something I've recognized in myself and that's why you know setting my goal this year for more uh self-pleasure and it's Mm. hard It has been hard for me once, Mm -hmm. once since we've set this (laughs) goal, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. still, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, that's still an intention I'm putting out of the, out there. Yeah. And I'm still working on that, but it's, and it's it's, a practice, you know, know, like
3: exercising or training or creating a new habit. It's like, you know, sometimes you need to really encourage yourself and then, and then celebrate yourself afterwards. It is a, it is a practice like sitting down to meditate or you know, starting to exercise more. They just kind of know what is it's good for you and figure out a way to get yourself to do it. I'd be curious to talk to you more about it, but not.
1: yeah of course I'm like
3: what's been hard tell me
1: yeah (laughs) I was gonna
2: ask the same question what are your challenges Mariah
1: well you know one of them honestly is you know my spouse we both work from home so he's always there so I'm kind of I feel a little guilty that I'm like nope nope my time you sit there you know like I can close the door Mm. I even like was like do I lock it so, but I'm like, that's so weird and secretive and I don't want to be creep. Like, like it's a bad thing. So it made me feel like almost like I was trying to hide something. So I was like mm-hmm. just getting over, you know, spending time and, and prioritizing my time. You know, I shouldn't say my time, but, uh, time with myself. I need to actually even word it differently because there's such a negative, yeah. taste in my mouth saying it, you know, I need my time kind of thing. It's yeah. like a demand instead of like, um, you know, like an ask, like, you know, this is important to me.
2: Have so I'm even trying
1: com- to,
2: yeah. Have you had that conversation with him?
1: Yeah, we did. And I was like, and also listen to the episode cause we talk about it there. Too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's, it's just one of those things, just kind of becoming okay with asking for time for myself and being okay that I don't always have to share sexual piece of me always because you know Mm -hmm. I think there's that expectation both of us have grown up in those types of households where it's like sex is only supposed to be shared with your partner and not even yourself and so it's still kind of we're developing that you know separately and together but eh, there's some things I'm I'm working on it we're getting there what (laughs) is
3: yeah and having that conversation is so important so your partner understands it and can be supportive and and also knowing that you're also going to value your partner's time with with
2: themselves Mm -hmm. yeah maybe that would help to encourage him to do the same thing i know he does the same thing (laughs) then then why do you feel guilty about
1: because because again that comes to me of, you know like i shouldn't shouldn't Touch myself if someone's not there, so I have to almost give myself permission. And I mean, like the the mm-hmm. whole lazy fucking, which we call is our our what do we call it? dual masturbation? You know, mm-hmm. where we masturbate next to each other. That it's was, a lazy fuck. It's yeah, I call it a lazy fuck because <laughs> <laughs> we're still being intimate together, but like somewhat separate anyway. And that was a first big step for me being okay, like that someone else isn't giving me this, but I'm still around someone else. Anyway, but it was just, you know, slowly growing there. But then I just was like, yeah, that's as far as it needs to go. But now I'm like, no, I need more. I want more. I want to have that relationship with myself. And, but yes, it's been an interesting. And I'll keep our listeners updated because this is a whole year. (laughs) We're going to, I'm
2: dedicating energy and effort and intention to this this This, year. This does sound like something that would be good for you to talk to a therapist about because Mm -hmm. it's not the logistical or practical parts that are really getting in your way as much as the emotional component yeah. right yeah I, I would
1: agree I, there is still the logistical practical I'm so fucking busy and then we both work from home so then it's like you know if mm-hmm. I'm passing him he's like oh it's time to hang out and I like, no really I just want this time so you know I you know just being very clear of like this is important to me but it's not taking away from anything
2: we have I just had an idea okay I think you should get a hat it's your masturbation hat
3: <laughs> okay. and when you
2: put on your masturbation hat and walk down the hallway mm-hmm. to your room yes he has to leave you alone okay because it's masturbation time
1: <laughs> I yeah. love
2: it that's gonna be so fantastic Could we find like a vagina hat yeah Brady
0: I'm on this,
2: Go I've on already Amazon. Out a hat. <laughs> He's already on. <laughs> awesome. But we're,
1: we're definitely running out of time today. Um, Usha, what would you like to share with our listeners? How can they get a hold of you? Um, I know you were saying that you have a program coming up, releasing at the end of the month. Yeah. Give it to us all. Uh, <laughs> great. Um, so my
3: name is Usha Rose, and that's the name of my website. U-S-H-A-R-O-S-E, Usha Rose. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. My Instagram handle is Usha.Rose. with a period in between. And yeah, the program I have coming up is called Women's Pleasure and Power Program. It's an eight-week online course where we dive through uh, four different elemental modules. And it's specifically for women to... Cultivate a more intimate relationship with their sensuality and sexuality, understand their erotic nature. I teach a lot of uh, different erotic embodiment practices to really enhance sensuality. Um, help, it helps women have better, stronger orgasms or even have orgasm at all. Um, we also touch a bit on understanding our relating styles and how our eroticism shows up in relationship and how mm-hmm. to work with that to understand yourself and your partner better. And I've, um, it starts January 27th. The registration will probably be open by the time this podcast airs. I'm opening registration in a few days. Um, so the early bird prices go until January 22nd. And you can find it on my website, or I can give you guys the link to um, the information about the program. You can, if you want to, put it in the show notes or something like that. And then I also have a lot of resources. Um, I have a free self-breast massage practice. I have um, a downloadable guide to improving your sexual confidence and erotic embodiment. And I also have. Um, Recordings of guided self-pleasure rituals, which are really amazing. Um, doing, self, um, doing guided self-pleasure practices is a really phenomenal way to enhance your self-pleasure practice, experiment with new techniques. Wow. Um, and it really opens women up a lot to having new and different experiences.
1: I think by, this is
2: exactly um, what Mariah needs
1: yeah that's yeah, what I was I'm like oh so that. are
2: you just like making this for me <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love it yes
3: that's
1: fantastic yeah, so
3: I can give you all the links for all of those things for your audience to awesome. check out and of course people can just send me a message on Instagram or reach out directly anytime
2: perfect we will definitely post all of those links on our Facebook page Mm-hmm. So and people, people can in the find show you notes, easier, so, and, yeah. yeah. And in the show notes as well. So if you're listening episodes. to this
1: podcast, just click on our photo and scroll, and you'll see all the links. I, I I'm, I'm assuming most platforms are pretty much the same as all platforms anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> if you don't know how to use podcasts, I don't know how you got this far in our <laughs> podcast, but you know, you're here, and we love you for it. So thank you. <laughs> Um, As always, everyone, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at the salty, or not the, excuse me. Whoa, I'm throwing words out there. (laughs) Saltysexcast at gmail.com. You can um, find us on Facebook um, and our Patreon if you really want to become part of our community and support us. Um, We don't earn a penny Like, we don't take home a penny from what we get from our patrons. It all goes back into the studio and amazing things that we offer everyone. So we just want to take a moment to really appreciate all of our patrons right now. And that's why our sound has improved and it's just a little crispier a little nicer huh Brady?
0: sounds amazing
1: sounds like you're fucking you're someone in the ear huh yeah right in the ear. yeah mm. <laughs> love it mm-hmm. after taking a two-year break <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic um but and, you know if you found something helpful on, on today's episode please share it with a friend um yeah it's all, all the fun things
2: yeah thank you so much usha for being with us today we learned so much that's yeah, fantastic.
1: you are welcome.
3: It's been a pleasure chatting with both of you or all three of you. And um, yeah, you know, it's like a conversation I feel like we could have for another hour. So thank you for <laughs> for four. having me on the show. I really enjoyed chatting with, with you all.
1: Thank, Wonderful. Thank you so
2: much. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up our episode. We'll be back next week with just the three of us, Mariah, me, and Brady. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, stay sexy.
1: And salty. Bye. Bye. Yeah,
2: and what's puberty?
1: Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the piece.
0: When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange.
3: Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis
2: itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.